Welcome to Don't Be Coy. I'm your host, Uncle Lou. And today I have the honor, the pleasure, and the utmost appreciation to have with me today, Mr. David Completo. David, how are you doing this morning? Hey, what's up, Logan? I'm doing pretty good. It's Sunday, so we're outside. We're outside. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that, man. How how was your previous week? It was good. It was really busy. Was busy with work and stuff and, like, house renovations, but it's been good. It's been a good week. That's what's up. Man, I wanted just to thank you for taking the opportunity to be on the show today. And just to give a high-level overview, this is season two of Don't Be Coy, focusing on moments of transformation. And with you specifically, I know that we've talked a lot about just even your own personal growth around like building your career and how you've taken your career into an approach of not only like building yourself, but build others as well. I feel like when it comes to these moments of transformation, it's the more that we can remain present in our reflection towards the past and like where we're currently at, we can be intentional as far as those transitions for the future. So if you don't mind, man, just tell us a little bit about yourself and we can just go from there. Yeah. Like you said, my name is David. Born and raised in Rhode Island, from Central Falls, it's the smallest town and the smallest state in the country. But we have a lot of big stars that came from Central Falls. Like Viola Davis is, is from Seattle, and a couple other like great people. So we're a small city, but we got a lot of heart and a lot of inspiration. So from there, that's like where I'm from. I'm also Colombian as well. Born here, but my parents are Colombian the Caribbean side of Colombia. So I take a lot of pride in my culture as well. And I think my values and like my inspirations definitely are like my family and trying to do everything I can to kind of elevate them and myself included. So yeah, I think the tell me about yourself like phrase, it's something that I always think about because even like in, in interviews of any sort, tell me about yourself. And it's way like, do I really know myself? Do I really know who I am? Yeah. So it's a good question to, to dig deep. But I think a little bit about me, I'm learning now as I get older to still be very ambitious, yet take the time to enjoy like the process. Because I'm always like a person who, you know, I, I always want to do more, right? And I always want to reach for more. And that's why I'm always into like development and transformation and things like that. But I've learned to just enjoy what I'm doing at the moment and not over plan. Because life is unexpected. You, you can have one plan. I've had many plans. <laughs> and then it's just life takes you on a different route. And you're like, well, I don't know why I'm here. But then at the end of the day, it all makes sense. That's kind of what I've been learning. How to like move in this thing, in this life. I totally feel that. I want to touch on that a little bit. Like you said that that's something that like you've been learning recently. What was the incident or that moment where you paused and reflected on that to say, Hey, really need to be still. I would say kind of I have two parts to that question, like professionally and personally, professionally. Once I graduated college, I was in a hurry to get a job, right? Because 
you don't want to be that broke college. Like, no one wants to be the broke college kid, but everyone has to go through that path, right? So it's like, when you graduate, it's like, I feel like for a lot of brown and black people of color, like, we don't have as many opportunities as, like, my other other people that we go to school with, right? I have people who, they had internships lined up. Someone was like, my dad's an administrator of a hospital. I already have, I already have the position waiting for me. So it's, and for me, it was like, it built that urgency because I didn't have nothing. Like, I barely had good connections. So I was like, how do I develop this? But eventually it all worked out. And I think I dipped my feet in many different places. I wasn't saying no to any opportunities, so that helped a lot. But what I realized was something that I always told myself was, I never want to be in a position or I never want to do anything I don't love and that I'm not passionate about. There's people that complain about their jobs, and I'm just like, you don't like your job, quit. Like, you spend a lot of, it's easier said than done, but you spend a lot of time at your place of work. So if you don't like it, that's a lot. That's just a, a lot of time you're wasting, basically. You know what I mean? Life is so short. So I noticed that I was at a job, an event management firm, in 2018, and I stayed there till 2020, and that's when the pandemic happened. So I think it, I was so excited when they told me that I got laid off. Like, <laughs> you think it's a celebration? I was like, yes, because I hate. I didn't realize how much I hated that job. I didn't realize how much I hated that job. How much it wasn't making me happy. And it was. I was literally collecting a paycheck. So it's like I was being a little hypocritical. Everything I said I wouldn't do, I was doing. And when the world shut down, it made me think like, all right, like where am I gonna? What do I want to do? And I knew I always liked to help people and I always liked to provide opportunity for people of color and for people from low socioeconomic cities. And so that's when I got into it and recruitment and business development because I was able to provide opportunity to people who didn't have it, right? I was able to look for those opportunities, find them, and then connect talent with employers and different like types of programs. So I think having that break that six month break because it took me about six months to find a job I really liked. It just gave me a rest. I was like, damn, like I've been going at it for so long and continue to go at it that I didn't take a break. I didn't reflect. I didn't do any of that. I was just, I was kind of like, I was in the rat race, as some people call it. Yeah. So that really developed me to stay in work that I really love. And until this day, like, if I feel like I'm not liking where I'm at or liking something that I'm doing, I'll, I'll immediately, like, leave because I think it's just not, it's not worth my time. And then personally, I went through a lot of loss, like, these past few years. Like, my grandfather was, like, my father on different family members. And it just made me realize, like, life is short. And you know that, but it's, like, you have to just take time to appreciate. Tomorrow could be a completely different story. So I learned to appreciate what I had around me. I learned to appreciate these moments because they can never be recreated or duplicated. Something that you said earlier that really resonated with me was that moment you got laid off from your job and you were happy about it. I had a, a very similar experience as well. <laughs> it's something interesting, right? Just like you were saying, there's this like urgency to like not be like that broke college student urgency to get to the goals that you want to reach to whether that is like making over a hundred thousand before you're 30 
whether that's like buying a house, whether that's buying like a car, whether that's starting a family, whatever like your particular values are, there's just like such an urgency towards it because it's just like you said, life seems so short, but it's like there there seems like you got to play this little game of catch up because some individuals might not necessarily have the same resources or might have more resources than you might be able to have. And so it's just, you're in this kind of constant grind, but then like you find yourself in a situation where it's just, wow. Yeah. I took this job that might seem cool or might compensate me in a way that I find to be favorable, but I'm not necessarily fulfilled. So I'm curious around when you had that six month break, what was it that you did to recenter yourself? That's a good question. The during that period, the first few months I was a bum. Like I'm not gonna lie. Like, <laughs> I, I was just I was I was like, you know what? Like I just need a break. I was, you know, just getting lit a lot, just watching like Netflix and just I was just relaxing to be honest. But then after a while I was like, like, what do I like all right, David, time's ticking. You had a good break, what do you need to do? And I think Something I would do is I would read like job descriptions and if I didn't like it or if it sounded like boring, I would just say not. Nah. And I would like, I'd be very strategic about where I was applying to and like what company I was applying to. Cause I just wanted something to match my goals and match my like integrity, I guess you could say. And something I realized because it was a struggle for me to find opportunity, I wanted to create opportunity for others. And there's not many there's not a lot of people in the staffing world and that world for like employment and opportunity employment. There's not a lot of people that look like us at these tables because of that lack of, I think there needs to be a lot more advocating this done. There needs to be a lot more people at those tables to represent us. And that's where I was saw myself going because it felt so good. You know how we worked at the same spot. Like (laughs) I was an intern, but that's how I met you originally. And like, like my mentor, the person who hired me, she gave me the opportunity and she didn't know me. She just, I, we were at a conference and I went for extra credit. I didn't even go because I wanted to go. Oh, I didn't need the extra credit. Like it was, it was like a healthcare conference, but I went and they were like, you have to participate. You have to do this. And I participated and she just loved the way that I answered a question. And she was like, you know what? I want to give you an opportunity. Can you email me on Monday? So that really impacted me because I feel like that one person believed in me and gave me an opportunity. I didn't have experience. I didn't have nothing. Like it didn't make sense for her to give me an opportunity. If you're looking at it log- logistically, right. Yeah. But she saw something in me and, and that's what I want to continue to do. Like I want to build, create opportunities for people, bring those opportunities to the pay- to, to the table, but also have people see like the value in themselves and this kind of stuff up. That makes a lot of sense. And I truly resonate with that because I think that for me has been a very similar story. I think about, I try to present my way and myself in a way that's favorable, but that's also true to myself. And people reached out to me and gave me these various different opportunities and just even building upon that to get the point that I'm at now. But like one thing that you said earlier that I really and truthfully love was like match my integrity. I think that's like a very key component in 
when it comes to just not only just making decisions from like a career standpoint, but just even making decisions within life in itself and living close to and aligning with those values. I'm curious around how you made that switch. To be honest, one of my cousins worked at the event management firm, so that's how I got the position. She recommended me. And it's funny because something I always like to tell people is don't um, don't worry about the doors that are closed on you because eventually it's going to come around. So I had the interview in February, never got called back. <laughs> like they ghosted me. They didn't even reply to my emails, nothing. So I was like, okay, like, it's all right. like it happens. And then in August, I got an email and they were like, we need someone. If you're interested still in this position. You know, it was a lot of months ago, but we have an opening. We think you're a good candidate. I said, yes. Like, I was working at the scheduling center. I was working, like, 11 to 9 p.m. Like, so I needed something different. And I, that's how I got into that field. But something that I think really helped me was in college, I was in multi-level marketing sales. And I know a lot of people have different things about what their thoughts are on that industry. But something that I learned through that industry was how to, how to sell, obviously, but also how to connect with people and how to connect with people and essentially see what the best value is in it for them um, and see what they can gain for it. So I wasn't like, like I wasn't a very pushy salesman, but I, I, what I like to do and what my mentor taught me to do was see what their need is because sometimes they don't need, they don't want, they don't want to do, right? They don't want to sell or they, they don't want to be in sales but maybe they need something that you have like a product or maybe they just need someone to listen and be empathetic with so i was really shy i was like nine and extrovert at the time I was very introverted and that just kind of catapulted me and gave me those soft skills because i think sales is a very it's like a i'll say it's like a superpower essentially so yeah. you, you have to be very you have to be very mindful of how you use that superpower. And I know I wanted to use it for good and I wanted to use it for programs and things that were gonna benefit not only me, but the people that, my community. So that's how I got into that, into that space and, and then started getting into staffing and advocating for like the company that I was working with at the time. And I learned a lot. Once I had those skills, it was still, a struggle, I would say, because you're in a, you're in a company, but now it's, yeah, you have these skills and now it's like other barriers pop up. Like you're too young, right? Like I was Mm -hmm. always a young person at the table and you know, a lot of like, a lot of old heads sometimes (laughs) they like, they don't want, they think because they're young, you don't have experience. A lot of people like that are my my age and from where I come from, we've been working since 15 years old. So yeah, like maybe we don't have a lot of like, years of experience when we graduate, but I got a track record. It's just not on a resume. You know what I mean? (laughs) I think definitely um, something that really helped me was like seeing the value you have and learning how to get, learning how to remove that imposter syndrome from your identity is a big thing. I totally agree with that. I was teaching this course a couple of years ago around professional development and the main thing that I always talked about is just like knowing your narrative. Like you just said, you might not have five, 10 years, 15, whatever, in like that specific industry, you might not have had 
all of these various different internships while you were in like undergrad, but like you have different types of experiences, whether it was like working in fast food restaurants or any kind of service industry, whether it was like even doing some type of manual labor work, where it's like construction, cutting grass. There's so many different skill sets that you learn, even just even participating within community, whether it's been hosting a Christmas event or leading a Bible study group, all of these different things creates all of these different hard and soft skills that can be applicable. But like you said, knowing your value and being able to recognize that self. So now that you're in this role where, you know, you're providing opportunities for people that might not necessarily have had those same doors of opportunity for, how do you like go around I guess you could say sharing that knowledge as far as just recognizing one's own value or even highlighting that when someone might not necessarily recognize it themselves. So in the line of work that I do, I think it's important. So I not only do staffing, but I work for an opportunity, like an opportunities device staffing firm that focuses on diversity and inclusion. Right. And to that, I worked at a similar firm, but what I noticed is if you want to do the work, you have to make sure if your company or whatever company you work for is talking about inclusivity and diversity, you have to make sure they're actually doing that work internally with their own teams. And where I was previously, a, they weren't doing it. They were talking it, but there was a lot of people, they weren't doing it. They weren't doing it with their own team. So now where I'm currently at, I feel like they really focus on on the team members being supported and how a good and healthy workplace should be. So I'm able to translate that to my candidates that I work with on the daily. So what I do is I always like to advocate for my candidates and people like that I'm submitting to a client even if they don't have a lot of experience, but I know they have some skills that can be transferable. I like to definitely advocate for that. One scenario I would say is I had a candidate, she had all the skills needed for this job, was in IT. And I was like, yeah, you have everything. I think you're going to be a great asset to this team if you get it. And she was like, yeah, I just don't know. Like I could tell off the bat, I could tell off the bat she had some self-esteem issues. I wasn't very like, prideful in the compliments that she had. So I always try with my candidates, what I try to do is to let them know, hey, you're here for a reason. Like you, you have a spot at this table or like an opportunity because you worked for it. You need to feel proud of yourself. I, I just remind candidates, I think, of their value and like what they've got, like what they've done to get this far. Because a lot of people don't have that confidence or a lot of people like, are intimidated because there's other people who may have more, but I'm like, at the end of the day, like there's only one you. And every everybody brings something different, right, to the table. You just have to find what that is and then run with it. Because the best leaders like aren't the ones who have the most information. The best leaders are just the ones who like never give up. Who use yeah. who use what they were raised. Who use the skills that they learned while growing up to better themselves. What I try to lead with is to just letting people see that basically they can do it. They can do it and they can excel at it and they can just be and get to where they want to be. That makes a lot of sense. And 
I hear in what you're saying as far as some of that same skill set that you learn whenever you were doing the sales job and learning around understanding what that person's needs. Yeah, you can look at it from like the staffing perspective whenever you're looking at your different clients. Like, okay, this is your need. Yeah, this person might not necessarily have the formal, I'll say, experience on their resume, but they have these like transferable skills that can fit into that need. But one thing that like, I really appreciate what you do as far as just like selling that confidence to like your like individuals and sharing with them like, hey, what a need you might have is confidence. And so I'm going to share with or eliminate all the things that you've done so that we can build and grow upon that confidence because that's just a valuable skill in itself. Just being right. able to be confident whenever you're walking into a room when you're doing like a job or a role because imposter syndrome is like a real thing. And I think especially as we're growing into an environment where a lot of people are focusing on like equity, diversity, and inclusion, not only creating that space so people can quote fit in, but like creating that space and like creating that environment like that cultivates that to to build individuals up. So a I inquire about for you and when you're working with your clients, how do you foster that relationship to ensure you're not just giving them staff and saying, okay, they're going to be here for three months, six months, a year, but your employee is growing as an individual during that time as well. That's a good question. What I do is something that I've learned to do is if I'm with a client, I always, um, Learn, I've learned to, to show up authentically as myself because I think Jay-Z was the one who said that. He's, he says, when I'm in the room, I go 100% as myself in any room that I walk in. And for me, that was something that I recently just started doing because, like, it's like you're in a you're in a different world, right? In the corporate world, sometimes you have, a lot of people think I have to code switch, right? I think code switching is something that we've learned to do, and it's something that I've learned to detach myself from and not do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show up as myself, and I may even use some slang, like not unprofessional slang, but right. like some different words that I use, like because that's my language. That's that's what I've. So I'm still professional, but I'm still I'm 100% myself, and I think it helps because when I have the conversations with clients. It's, I'm not trying to sell them anything. I'm more coming from a place of being genuine. And when they see me being genuine, they know that's what our talent is going to bring. It's going to bring genuine and it's going to bring a different environment to the company because these candidates are different, right? They're unique. They're unique from probably like a company who works like in banking and there's not a lot of people of color. So I think definitely doing that has helped for the client to see okay, like this is going to bring something different to the table. It's going to help elevate our team. And that's how I walk through it. That And one thing that you touched on as far as just like code switching and learning how to detach from that, I think for myself, it's been like a little bit of a challenge and like just all full transparency because it's one of those things that like is ingrained from 
not necessarily like a cultural standpoint, but a societal standpoint. Individuals say, hey, you have to have like your hair cut a certain type of way. You gotta be clean shaven or whatever it may be. You have to dress a certain way. Like even just how you communicate. One of the things that I personally even struggle with with my students, I have a few students who speak more in African-American vernacular, but African-American vernacular in the subgroup of more urban. I understand what the person is saying and I get the point and they're being respectful about it, but it's so many different layers of translating where it's like, oh man, if they were to walk into a room communicating like this, there might be such a disproportionate understanding that they might miss the target. When it comes to like code switching and detaching yourself from that, I'm curious around how you approach that. I think realizing that, because I think realizing that sometimes even if you close switch, it's not going to make a difference depending where, where you're at. You know what I mean? Like, I've been in like positions where I, I made sure to close switch and I made sure like what language I was using and it didn't make a difference because essentially they already had a perception of me that I couldn't control. But so that's when I was just like, you know what? Like I want to, you can still be professional and still be your true authentic self and still say you're like, I have a lot of like Kirk, for example, is one word that I use. And it's just like a slang word that we use in my city. And it just means wow or all or, and it's okay if I want to bring that up in a meeting and say that, I think people will understand that, right? But I can still mention it maybe when I'm at like a happy hour with my client or something like that. I think opening up, like, I think I've learned that you can still be professional, have your talking points, but still bringing your culture and your identity to the table. So it's just finding that balance. And that's something that. I'm really passionate about because, for example, like you said, certain hairstyles may not be deemed as professional or things like that. Like where I was previously, I dyed my hair blonde and I know a lot of leadership wasn't, they weren't thrilled about that. Yeah. But I'm like, well, what is the piece of the whole purpose? Why, why are we here? Right. So to me, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter how you're dressed. Obviously, dress professional professionally but my hairstyle does shouldn't affect like how you view me or how professional I can be so realizing that's still a barrier made me just want to do whatever I want essentially still represent my company good in the work that I do well but let them know that like the whole reason we're here is to bring seasoning to your company and to make it stronger and to make it more equitable and so for me to do that, you have to see what's my equitable about the company and client. And that's what that's something that I think the clients that I work with have a great a great sense of ethicality to them because they're really they're really mindful about it and they wanna change. They wanna be different, right? They wanna innovate. So they're open to feedback on like how they can improve on how they can do better, et cetera. So to shift gears a little bit, what does that future look like for you we talked a lot about that light switch moment where you had you still want to be ambitious but you want to like 
enjoy the process, being present, what that looks like professionally, what that's like personally. Now that you've gained all these skills and had these various experiences, I'm curious if if you have a timeline per se. That's a good question. So I would say for timeline, I, I love timeline. And that's, that's like when I was talking about how I was like learning to enjoy because like the journey and everything, because if my timelines aren't complete, I'll get really discouraged. If I don't complete something by a certain time, I'll get really discouraged. Without realizing that sometimes the timelines you put on yourself are unrealistic. And them being an unrealistic timeline, or even if it's a realistic timeline, it just puts a lot of pressure on you. Yeah. And I think the pressure that you have is going gonna, gonna to deteriorate your progress. So... I've learned to have a timeline, but like a lot, let's allow it to be flexible. It doesn't have to be like March 25th that everything needs to be done. That's like where, and that's me. If I, it's not done by this day, I'm like, damn, what am I doing wrong? And then I, I start not talking to myself in a healthy way. I start putting pressure on myself. Then I get stressed. Then with the stress, I can't think right. Then I'm not functioning properly. For my, my like, my investment properties, I hope to hopefully have. A few, I would say maybe three to four within the next five years. And then I definitely want to keep on growing with my career professionally for, I would say, maybe like another 10 years, 10 to 12 years until I can fully like be independent because there's so much for me to know, to learn. And that's why <clears throat> everyone wants to be an entrepreneur nowadays, but sometimes having that nine to five is good. And it is good, right? Because people make great livings off that their career but i think i want to do something independently but i need to learn how things work and me in my career where i'm at right now i'm learning that right i'm learning how to build with clients i'm learning how to have that conversation i'm learning basically how to build a business yeah and i think having that background experience is what i need first before i want to jump into things because you know what i mean so i think just leveraging where you're at right now in your position, in your career, seeing what skills are going to help you eventually take that jump. But to not be, not be so like quick to take that step if you think you need more time to work. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Just like enjoying where I'm at, making sure that I'm loving like what I do every day, but still taking those steps to eventually, because you're never really ready. That's another thing, but I think you can have the knowledge and be prepared enough to just take that. I think that that really highlights to what we were talking about earlier and around that sense of urgency. It seemed like you had and learning to just be still and keeping that same like pace as far as just like moving forward, especially when we talk about goals in the future, they can sometimes be lofty. And like, even whenever we say like, realistic or unrealistic sometimes our unrealistic goals can become reality just because of the fact that we conceived them in the first place i really appreciate this conversation and just just want to thank you for just taking the time to sit down and just talk with me and just wrap it up a little bit man i've always appreciated like your ambition i've always appreciated like how in the moment you always are and like i just really wanted to have a conversation to pick your brain a little bit around how you approach that and so i just appreciate your transparency 
Of course. No, thank you for having me. This was great. I enjoyed our conversation as well. And I think this is great. Me coming of age, it's like, this has helped me reflect on what I want to do and what I've been doing. And I think like taking that moment to reflect and then allowing yourself to have that clarity and that reflection really, it puts you ahead because you can realize what you're proud of, what you're not proud of. And just like overall give yourself credit for what you do and what you're doing. Thank you. True that, man. On every episode, I have three lightning questions that I like to do. And I'm going to just go through these three and then let you get on to the rest of your day. How's that sound? All right, sounds good, man. All right. Do you prefer texting, talking, or video chats, and why? Definitely talking. Because I'm not good at I'm not good at texting that much. I'm a kind of as you've seen. <laughs> I'm like not the best texter because I'd just be forgetting, and I just like to have a conversation. I think sometimes, especially in our age group, like, dude, texting has become the new norm. A lot of words can get misconstrued. And then it's like, you, oh, they said hey with two Y's, what does that mean? Or they said K instead of okay, is this person mad at me? So it makes you overthink. I don't like that. So I'd rather just pick up a phone and then just have a conversation. We can still text. I like texting, but I think when it's for something like serious and things like that, I definitely prefer a phone call. No, I feel that completely. What or who inspires you and why? I think... Right now, I think the person who's inspired me the most is my mom. Because she's very strong. And something that I learned um, is that she was very resilient growing up. And I did not realize that until now I'm in the belt and I see that. Like, it was never, my mom was never like a complainer. Or she never complained about not having enough. Or it was always like, all right, what are we going to do to get to where I need to be? So she was, she's always had that mindset. And that helps me now in my like real estate career because it's like sometimes like you don't you don't have a hundred K to put in a property, right? You don't have the money, but it's like being resilient means like you're able to pivot and you're able to all right, I don't have the money but how can I still make this project happen or what can I do? Thinking outside of the box is something that that I really learned up from her and that I'm implementing now. And then lastly, um, on a scale from 1 to 10, how good are you at keeping secrets and why? Ooh, I'm a 10. <laughs> I, I, I'm a 10, yeah, because I don't want to be in everyone's business. And I'll take it to the grave. Um, I just feel that that shows a lot about your character. You can keep a secret. Don't tell me no, no secrets that could land me in some trouble or something like that. But, but if you need me to see, keep a secret... I definitely can. I think I can do a good job at it. I feel that 100%. Man, once again, I really appreciate you for being on the show, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you, man. appreciate it. This has been another episode of Don't Be Coy with Uncle Lou. As always, I'd like to thank this episode's guest for a great conversation, as well as thank you, the listener, for joining in. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular, I always appreciate your support. If you like today's episode and ever want to listen to more, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. And to join our community and access future bonus content, be sure to visit dbkpodcast.com.